Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. As avid sports fans, you know the importance of a good playbook. And that's why the experts at Vaco and Morgan Franklin Consulting created the Trends in Transformation Survey Report. Based on feedback from over 160 business leaders across all industries, this ebook quickly becomes your guide on how to thrive in the year ahead. It features insight into how today's leaders are approaching business transformation in 2022, including their most concerning barriers and challenges, and the way they're adjusting their transformation strategies. Everything you, as a business leader, need to know about the current outlook on business transformation, like the talent shortage, implementing new technology solutions, and improving digital capabilities, it's right here in this guide. Let Vaco and Morgan Franklin Consulting coach you up with their Trends in Transformation ebook. Head over to vaco.com slash helipod. That's V-A-C-O dot com slash helipod and get your free ebook today. With that, it is time for the Helipod with MJD to get started. It is Championship Sunday, just three days away. Let's go. All right, we are live and in person from Manhattan Beach, California, not the Bay Area in Southern California, not Zoom. We are sitting next to each other as we speak in your very colorful Jordans that you're wearing. Yeah, and, my kids uh, got them for me. You're looking svelte, my friend. Listen, you know, uh, I, I made a, a conscious decision a couple weeks before um, the new year that I'm going to really put myself to the task and get back into playing shape. And, you know, I wanted to start looking good. And so I've been working my butt off. Um, and, you know, I think it's been working out for the Rams, to be honest for you. <laughs> I think they're getting a better version of me. You know what I'm saying? So Eric Weddle comes out of retirement, and now you're motivated. All no, I was motivated before. I said I just told you two weeks before the new year. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Let's talk coaches. Um, Sean Payton done in New Orleans. Somewhat surprising. I think some Is people it saw it coming. Yeah, maybe a little bit. It makes sense. You and I were talking about it before the pod. He doesn't really have a quarterback. They're in kind of a transitional stage right now. So he walks away, and I guess the big question is, what does he do next? He would be a, an outstanding broadcaster. His name's already linked to the Cowboys. Of course, he's not going to go there this year. He can't. Because he he can't I, go for the next three years. Well, I think he could do what Bruce Arians did when Bruce left Arizona, and there would be but some Bruce kind of— Bruce retired, and then, but he didn't have like a three years left on his deal, I thought. He had time left on his deal. He did broadcasting for a year, 
and then the Bucks had to compensate the Cardinals. Right. And so, so that's what could end up happening. So that's what's going to happen. And then, like, why even take the year off? You might, like, if you want to go somewhere else, just tell them to trade you. I mean, it's as simple as that. Like, I just want to go coach somewhere else. Well, I think there's a loyalty factor there. He's been there for 16 years. He changed the trajectory, the perception of the franchise. Obviously, he won a Super Bowl. I, and I, I get that with – and this is where I always try to tell fans, like, this is a business, right? It's a, it's a multi-billion dollar business. And yes, we get attached to people. And yes, you know, like I remember when uh, Rugrats went off air when I was a kid. I was hurt. I was, I was frustrated. When Doug, <laughs> I was frustrated. But then as I got older, I realized it's a business, right? Like it wasn't bringing in the same. It meant something to me, but it wasn't bringing in the same amount of money that the network wanted, right? And so it, it may be for Sean Payton. It's just like, look, I messed up somewhere down the road where I didn't get the 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 successor to Drew Brees, right? I, I passed on that guy a couple times. We had some bad draft picks in the first round, right? We've, we've, we missed on some guys in the first round that we probably could have got a quarterback, and when Drew Brees was done, we could have been set up. We didn't do that. And now we're $74 million over the cap next year, which means we're in a pretty much a rebuild mode, right? We're going to have to trade some pieces away. You know, guys are going to be up. You know, maybe Alvin Kamara gets traded away. Maybe Cam Jordan gets traded away. Maybe... Marcus Lattimore, like, they're going to have to get rid of some pieces to get up underneath there, right? And I don't have a quarterback. <laughs> like, and I can't keep funneling, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What do they do? What do they, what do criminals do when they, the, the money, they, um. They launder it? Or we can't keep laundering money through Taysom Hill. We can't keep doing <laughs> that. Okay, that doesn't work anymore. That's how that's done. We can't keep giving them deals. It doesn't work. Right, so it was. We had a great run, but you want to try it somewhere else, and I think that's. I think that's honest. I think I'd rather you come out and say that than to go TV, come back the next year. Saints have to give you know someone has to trade the Saints compensation picks or pay him whatever to get your rights, which is probably what's going to happen because well, he, he's not done coaching. I don't think he's done coaching. He's only fifty eight years old, uh, which you know twenty years ago sounded really old to me, but now when I'm in my mid forties, oh, it's sound young. very old at all. Super young. But I do, I do believe that he would like to take a year off and do something different. You want to take a year off and get a, a, a this, this is the thing. And, I, and it's funny because I just went through this part of my, my I, I call it a, a transformation. You, you miss football, right? You miss the game. You miss the little things about it. You miss the perks. You miss seeing the people that you, you, go, you grow comfortable with every day. You right? miss the locker room more than you, anything, yeah, you right? Miss, yeah, you miss your teammates, right? Um and it's, it, well, to me, it wasn't even the teammates. I wasn't really like, I miss seeing those guys. I just miss having those conversations, right? I miss being able to, if I was dealing with something to talk to someone else and I didn't have to like go to a therapist or anything, I could just talk to my homie about it. Right. Who probably went through the same thing or knows someone that went through the same thing. Or, hey bro, let's go get a drink. You miss that. Cause now people have real jobs and you just can't pick up on a Tuesday and get a drink. You know what I'm saying? Cause you gotta get up the next morning. So I, I think you, what, 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 as coaches, what you miss more, what you miss most though, is the competitiveness. And that's what killed me when I came to TV. I miss being a competitor. I couldn't compete anymore. Right? There is no real competition in television. Like, we can make it that, but it's not like a true you versus me. Us versus them. Right? It is, you lose that. And, and that's what makes great coaches great. That's what makes Sean Payton great. I remember calling a Rams game in the preseason, him doing a, him kicking an onside kick in the preseason. And Sean McVay's like, what are you doing? Like, he's a competitor. And that's what's going to drive at him to get him to come back. And, I mean, it, again, it happened to Bruce Arians, right? His wife said it. He retired, what, twice? 
Did he retire twice or something like that? I think he did. And I mean, his wife was like, bro, you got to get out of here because you're miserable. You're making me miserable. And the only thing that makes you happy is that. So do that, right? And that's what you become. And so I think for Sean Payton, because he's had success, because he's, you know, been a really good coach for a long time, calling plays for, you know, a youth football program or helping out a high school program, that's not going to be enough. Eventually, you're going to want to get back into it. And I understand taking a break. But like I said, like, we know what's going to happen. We know the inevitable. It's going to bounce back. You're too young. You're going to bounce back. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if he, if he maybe, because the other option is he becomes Bill Cowher, right? He goes into television. He's good at it. He's linked to all these jobs, but he's making a ton of money, and he's doing 20% but, of the work. But Bill Cowher was done. Well, he was mentally done, but do you think that he Bill Cowher knew he was done when he, was when he done retired? Because he retired, and he retired after a Super Bowl, right? Or yeah. was he, it was after a Super Shortly Bowl. Shortly after. Yeah, like he knew going into that, like this was probably it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you want to go out on top, because guess what? You're always going to be linked to when you go out on top. You're always going to be linked to something. Well, especially as a coach who's had success, right? But I, I think that. And the, think about that. He was a second coach in that in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He ain't going nowhere else unless it's back to Pittsburgh. Why would I go somewhere else to get fired in three years? Yeah, I just think the allure, like, well, because the competitiveness that you're talking about, the the lure of that, the competition, the, the Sunday, the, the, what you know and what you love, right? Now, some people, some people can replace that with calling a game or Ooh. doing a studio show. Now, I can tell you there's a big difference in terms of get your juices flowing, as you know, yeah. between calling a game and a studio show. I think when you're at the game, a live event, there's a little it's, something it's to still, that. It's not it's, like playing it's still not or the coaching. Same. It's still not the kind of the preparation is what you, you become. So, for example, you know, I obviously I call the games for the Rams, and I've broken down tape. And over the last, let's say, month and a half, I really started like really diving in like I was a player again. Like, I started really, like, before I was doing it as an analyst. Like, I'm going to mm-hmm. watch some games. But then I'm like, okay, well, they're playing the Buccaneers. Let me, like, dive into it like I'm a player because I, I can feel it. I, I, I'm like, I'm into it now. I'm in it, you know? Not as I wasn't in it before, but I'm, I'm, I'm more invested in it as a player now. Is that because it's the playoffs? Like, what made you decide to do that? Well, <clears throat> two things. One, once I realized the Niners had beat the Rams so many times in week 18, <laughs> I got tired of Niners fans talking to me. So I said, well, what can I do to educate people kind of what's going on and why they're doing this. Right. And so I was able to articulate what the Niners do. Right. Um, my buddy JB long was like, bro, like you called some games, you called some plays before they happen. How did you know that? And I'm like, well, I mean, there's this, you know, I got the, I got a little a-hole in me and I wanted to kind of like pretty much tell people what the, you guys are going to, I know what the teams are going to do. Right. Um, so then I go to the Cardinals and people ask like, well, why did you pick the Rams by so much? I go, well, look, there's certain ways the Rams play the Cardinals. And if they, they play this exact style, they'll blow them out because the Cardinals don't make adjustments. What happens? They do that exact style. I get, break that style from they go. So then we play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, and again, like I said, it's the preparation that gets you. I remember playing and prepping for games each week. Like, you're, you're running probably, I don't know, you're probably running like 70, 80-hour weeks sometimes getting prepared for uh, these games, right? Because I'm... Come Monday, I'm I'm already I've already watched the game that we've already played on Monday. I've already made my correction. I moved on to the next team, so I'm already breaking down their defense, the D coordinator. I have notebooks of the every D coordinator that I played against had a notebook of them of what they like to do in certain situations, right? So I knew if we played like 
uh, who's the old coach for the Packers, was at the Texans for a while? Dom Capers. Dom Capers. All right, when Dom Capers, just like Wade Phillips, when they get in crucial situations, they go zero blitz. I knew that. I had a, I had a binder of all the stuff that they did on certain down and distances. So then after that, I can go break down the per player, how the players would do, what the players look like. Todd Bowles played against him. This is not normal for running backs, This is This way. is not normal. Well, I, I wasn't just a running back, though, and I think that's what people fail to realize in my career. I played receiver. I, had to be, I was in the quarterback room. I was part of the Raiders with Derek Carr helping him grow. I was part of helping Blaine Gabbard. I was part of Chad Henney when I was there in, uh, in Jacksonville. Uh, and the reason I was part of that was because Byron Leftwich, who we'll talk about in a second, pulled me in as a rookie to learn protections and learn how he thought, how he saw things, which slowed the game down for me. So I have all these notebooks or whatever, and, and so I'm like, shoot, I got this Todd Bowles notebook. I'm like, I couldn't find it. But I remember from writing all these notes down what Todd Bowles did. He loved to play man. That's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. He wants to, a lot of them come from the same tree, a similar tree defensively, and they all do the same thing. And so I go and watch uh, the Rams versus the Cardinals, Sean McVay's first year. Guess, who's on the, guess who the Arizona Cardinals staff is? Byron Leftwich. He's With the quarterback's Bruce, yeah. coach, Bruce Arians, uh-huh. Todd Bowles. They're all the right before he goes to the Jets, all the same. They, they wiped them, wiped the floor with them, right? Then I go back two years ago and I watch the Bucks versus the the Bucks versus uh uh the Rams in Tampa. McVay wipes the floor with them. Same concept, same thing. They're doing the same stuff, man to man, all the stuff. I go back to early this year. Same thing, right? So I'm like, all right. This can't be true. Like, like, this is too much. You know what I'm saying? So then I go to the last time the Rams have played Tom Brady that wasn't on the Bucks in the Super Bowl. And I looked. I was like, Tom didn't do so well against them. He struggles against the Rams. Like, he doesn't play well. If you look at it, he just don't play well. So, you know, I go on game day morning on the NFL Network, and I start talking my trash. Like, I start talking my shit. Because to me, it's like, I've done the work. Like, I know what's going to happen in this game. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I know there's no way you can... There's, there's like, we all have tails, right? We all have certain things that we do. And so I'm like, this is what Todd Bowles is going to do because this is who he is. He's going to play man to man. He's going to play press man across the board. It worked against Philly. It's always worked for him. He won the Super Bowl. This is what he's going to do. Period. I said, Tom Brady's going to struggle because what does he struggle with more than anything? Interior pressure. And which means you have to put everyone inside, which allows Von Miller and Leonard Ford singled up on the outside. Okay, okay. Awesome. Even better, right? <laughs> so all these things I'm able to break down, and it's all because I have friends that talk trash to me and all this, but like even when I go down and I talk about the Niners, we'll talk about this game soon, and you'll hear it. It's just I've watched. I see what they do. I know what they do. I know how they're going to defend. I know how they're going to play offensively. I know everything because that's who they are. You know what I'm saying? You can't change who you are. There's no like... You, you are who you are, right? So Kyle's 42 years old. It's going to take Kyle 84 years to change who he is. There's no way that happens. He has to be that. And so um, getting back to it and what we're talking about, that's what you. That's what the coaches miss. Does that make right. sense? They miss that. They miss the fact that I can break you down and know everything about you and take advantage of you. The coaching <clears throat> and broadcasting thing, though, is fascinating to me. You've seen so many of them. There's only two dip that do it. their toe in it. Well, like for instance, I'll give you one. I'll give you another one. Urban Meyer went to work for Fox. Then he went back to the league. Does he go back to broadcasting now? But he had the itch. A lot of these guys still have the itch, yeah. especially if they're young enough. Like if you're late '60s and get into it, I think I think you're done, right? Brian Billick, for instance, who was at NFL Network with us for a long time, I would consider a friend. Uh, once he got into broadcasting. 
clearly did not have the itch to go back into coaching, well, but he was a little bit older than some of these other guys. No, he and I think he, he has grandkids. Like you, yes. you have different things. Like right. there's different interests that come into play as you get older. He kind of made all his money. He was kind of set. He, you know, he, he did well. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people. And the thing is this, and with Urban Meyer, for example, it was a different challenge for Urban. Let's remember, he never called. He never was a coach in the NFL. It's different to be a coach at the highest level. Right, and right? so that's that's what brought him back. Yeah. That's what drew him back. I don't a, think with Urban it was about the money. I think it was about the oh, challenge. Oh, the money was part of it too, but well, the, challenge, sure. the challenge was part of it as but well. But to your point, everybody wants to see, almost everybody, the college coaches wants to see if they, I mean, heck, even Nick Saban gave it a swing, right? Miami yeah. didn't work out, and then no. he goes back to Alabama. Yeah. Um, all right, so who knows what's going to happen with Sean Payton. I certainly think he's going to try TV. You believe he's going to end up coaching again, as do I. Um, he is not retiring. However... The same cannot necessarily be said of Aaron Rodgers, who went on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday of this week to talk about the pending decision regarding his future. Here's a, uh, a clip from our friend Pat McAfee with Aaron Rodgers. Take a listen. All right, so that's Pat McAfee on the, I'm sorry, that's Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show. Um, and here's what it comes down to. He's not going to be a free agent because he still has time left on his, on his contract. So it's RTR, right? It's retire, return, or trade. Yeah, I mean, he's still a free agent. No, he's not. He has time left on his deal, so it's not entirely but, up but, to him. But let's not, it is though. That you're not going to trade him to a place that he doesn't want to go. No, no, no. Clearly, he's going to so work. It's still free. Hand it's in still hand. free agency. He's, he's going to be able to pick it's, his destination. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not like you're a free agent. But let's read between the lines. Like you get to pick where you want to go. Well, essentially, but also the Packers will have a say in it. For instance, no, they don't. For instance, Peyton was kind of forced out. He was a legit free agent. Tom Brady, a legit free agent. If the Packers say, "Hey, dude, we're not trading you to an NFC team." Aaron Rodgers is not going to an NFC team. Yeah, they're, no. But you heard Look, they're on is, good. They're on like they're on good from his, stable ground. From his side of it, they're definitely on good stable ground because he wants to get what he wants to get, right? And I'm not upset with that. Do your thing. This is as a team. This is what I say, and I always I always believe this. And I think it's Mike Tomlin who said, "I want volunteers, not hostages," right? Sure. And I think that's what happens with Aaron. You're in a situation with Aaron Rodgers right now where. If he doesn't get what he wants, he becomes a hostage. And you don't want those type of people. You don't want people that don't want to be in your building in your building. Does that make sense? Sure. Because Especially your leader, because it becomes super toxic. Well, we saw it last year, but it sounds like his relationship with the general manager, Brian Gutenkunst, has been, has been ironed out. If you Okay, let's look at it from two perspectives here. Yeah. If you're Aaron Rodgers at 38 years old, coming off a season in which you will likely win the MVP and you were, listen, you can call him the best quarterback in football this year. You can call him a top three quarterback in football, whatever you want to say. He was awesome. He's 38. Tom Brady playing at 44 proves that, that Rodgers could probably have three, four more good years left in him, right? Mm -hmm. What do you want? I need more help. I need more. You know why I need more? Because I just saw Tom go to Tampa with three tight ends, three wide receivers, and two runners, and win a Super Bowl. What do I have? You have the best wide receiver in football. I don't wouldn't. I you mean, have a really good one-two punch at running that's back. It. 
and you have a solid offensive the line. Tom had off Tom's offensive line is really good too. And you had a defense. Tom's that defense was, was really good that too. Was one of the best defenses. Tom's in the defense was really good too. I need more. Okay, so let me ask you from Aaron Rodgers' perspective. You want more? Where do you go that the situation is better than Green Bay? Denver. Is it better or is Denver's it better? On par with? No, Denver's better. You got three wide receivers in Denver. You got two runners in Denver. You got a solid offensive line. You got a really good defense in Denver. You are you telling me you are, you, you drop Aaron Rodgers in Denver? And the only you, you have two Aaron Rodgers. One's in Denver. One's in Green Bay. The, and Denver's a better team. The only reason that you you don't go to Denver is because of Patrick Mahomes. That's it. That's the only reason. That's a big reason. That's the only reason. But, but I still think I believe me personally. I saw the Denver Broncos almost beat the Chiefs with Drew Locke. Could they have beat him with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is what I'm trying to tell you. There's that situation there. You have, let's see who else you have. There's, there's, what, there's other teams too. Well, you have the Saints now, right? You have the Steelers. You have the Browns. The Steelers are another one that you could win with right now. They got a bunch of receivers. They got a runner. Their offensive line is a disaster. Well, they'll address that. They can address that now with Ben off the books, right? Now Rogers is going to come in. You ain't going to get all the money you're going to get, right? But you have a great, you have a phenomenal defense. Yeah, you have a very yeah, you, good you have a really good defense. You have a guy like Najee Harris is a dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, we could right. draft you. We could draft you another receiver, and we could draft some old linemen to help you out. And I don't know that you need other receivers. You you just you need a, a completely retooled and remade offensive line. Right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, yes and no, because they Ben didn't really get sacked like that. They were okay. Mm. You, you just need to add a couple more pieces and move some guys around, possibly. Well, let me ask you this too, because it's interesting when you get different perspectives from different quarterbacks. For instance, Eli Manning. Never wanted to go anywhere. He's a giant. He was a giant. He always will be a giant. And it didn't end the way that he wanted, but he didn't want to play anymore. However, do you think Aaron Rodgers looks at what Peyton did and what Tom did and how it worked out for them? Because let's let's look back 10 years into Peyton's career in Indy, 10 years into Tom's career in Foxborough, nobody could have envisioned them going anywhere else. But they did. And they won Super Bowls. Does that affect yeah, his outlook? I don't think so. I, I think at each you have to look at everything different because there's other guys that have left and it didn't work out, right? You Again, Peyton went to Denver. Denver had what? Everything. Denver had everything. And he went to two Super Bowls with Denver. Yeah, he did. They had everything. They had a defense. They had receivers. You remember they had Demarius Thomas. They had uh, the, the other receiver from Minnesota that was really good. Married the uh, singer. Oh gosh, why am I blanking? Decker, on white guy, Eric Decker. Eric Decker. Yeah. You had Wesley. Uh, you had Wes Welker. Wes came Welker with him, came yeah. over with you. You had a top defense. I mean, again, when you when they get when the quarterbacks get to a certain age, it, it's not. I keep I tell people this all the time. I go, we give quarterbacks a lot of credit and we give them a lot of grief, but once they get to a certain age, you better have a team around them that can that can do. And Aaron, that's all he said. He's known this for a while. He's like, bro, I can't keep doing all this. I need help. But I, I just feel like he had a lot of help, and I'm just he didn't not have sure. A lot of help. I'm, I'm not sure. He didn't a, have a lot of I'm help. I'm not sure Dan. there's a better situation. He didn't for have him. a lot of help, Dan. So they had, they had another piece or two in Green Bay. I mean, they're they're right there. But but they don't they they continue to draft defensive pieces. Think about this. You had Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown in Tampa when they won the Super Bowl. Are you? Does is Green Bay anywhere near that? No, not in terms of the anywhere depth. near I, that. I mean, you're not putting. Uh, they had OJ Howard. They brought Gronk out of retirement and Cameron Brate. Right, OJ Howard hasn't done shit. It doesn't matter. They invested draft capital in OJ Howard. Absolutely. Hey, 
Then they signed Leonard Fournette while still having two or three guys on the roster already. That, no, they made a lot of correct decisions in Tampa, and they invested in the offense. And they no, invested I see what in you're their, saying. And that's what I'm saying. And so it was if, name brands, too. And, and, that's what, and so if you're going to be if, – if I'm Tom, if I'm Aaron Rodgers and I want to be like Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, per se, look at what the Broncos did. They invested in their defense. They invested in their offense. They invested in pieces to help this thing go. It, what's more important to you if you're Aaron Rodgers? Is it is it winning one more Super Bowl? Is it just overall greatness and performing? What what's the most important? Well, I thing think it's legacy. Game? It's legacy, and 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 your legacy right now is, is dependent on winning a second. It's winning on winning ring. a second Super Bowl. Because yeah, you're because this is what I tell people all the time. When you look at Peyton Manning, you look at him differently now because he has two Super Bowl rings. If he only had one, he he would be a sexier version of Drew Brees. That's that's it. And it really is he though because this is why I tell people. Peyton Manning was the one seed almost every year when he was coming out. They were the one seed in the AFC almost every year. Them and the Patriots. Yeah, it was right? back and forth. It was but back I, and forth. It, to me, to me, that's that's the greatest quarterback rivalry we've ever seen. And it it is it is Tiger and Phil. And unfortunately for my fellow volunteer and Peyton, in terms of championships, yeah, he, he was Phil to Tom's Tiger, right? right? And imagine if Tiger hadn't been there, how many Phillip would have won? If Brady hadn't, and it's Brady and Belichick, by the way, hadn't been there, right. how many but Peyton so, would have So won. this is what I'm saying. So Peyton and them, they've been the one seed. They've been 14-2. and two. They've done all these things. And you only got one Super Bowl out of all them years in Indy? So he knew going where, when he knew when he was picking another place, I remember vividly watching this. I was like, I was like damn, this is crazy. Like, where's, where's Peyton going to go? Remember when he's flying around? Yeah, he was going all these different secret. places. Yeah. And he picked Denver, and I was like, man, why would he pick Denver? But then I saw he had a young Reggie Wayne. He had a young Marvin Harrison. He had a young Dallas Clark. I forget who the, uh, the tight end that the Jags paid. I'm blanking. I know what um, you're talking about. He's, I forget his name now. But anyways, he got he, all these dudes were the same people, the same style of people that he had in, in, in Indy. Indy. So if you're Aaron Rodgers, and I've begged you for the last five years, I need weapons. Right, I haven't had. We won a Super Bowl. You know what we had? We won a Super Bowl. I had Greg Jennings, James Jones, who's our coworker. I had Jordy Nelson, and I had Donald Driver, and I gave you a Super Bowl. Yeah, he had four studs. I forgot about that. Oh, oh, what What do you want me to do now when I have one guy? <laughs> like, I can't get over the hump. You don't like Alan Lazard or MVS? They're undrafted guys, and no disrespect to them. I mean, that's just where they are. I need draft. You need first round guys. Yeah, he, first round I, cal. You got first and second, third round caliber guys. Jordy Nelson was he a first round pick? No, I think he was Jordy second. Was second, round second. Round pick. James was third. Yeah. Ron, uh, Randall Cobb is another one that they like. You got to continue to put pieces around him. That's why he. That's why he was so upset. I think if I think if he stays, they do. Um, it's going to be interesting. He's going to make that decision. Before free agency, Devontae Adams scheduled to be a free agent as oh, well. He's, no, he's they, going. He go ahead and he going to Vegas, baby. They could tag him, of course. They uh, they over the cap too. They can't do nothing. They got to get under the cap for they. Well, they're that. they're forty four million over the projected cap. Franchising Devontae would be a twenty million dollar cap hit. So they have a lot to work out there. And the interesting thing is, what if Devontae and Rogers are a package deal going somewhere? Wouldn't that be crazy? Now Devontae, of course, played. At Fresno State yeah. with Derek Carr, which is one of the reasons many people thinks, think that he could end up in Vegas. Oh, so, you want me to give you some more insight? Give it to me. You, you, you ready for this? Yeah. So we all live in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. We all did at one point. Obviously, Derek, when he was with Oakland and the Raiders. Guess who his neighbor was? Devontae? Next door. 
Directly next door. Next door. <laughs> so don't like that. That like to me, and they live across the street from me. Like there's a main high, the main street. They live on one side. I live on the other side. Um, and so that 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 friendship is true. It's right. real, right? So it's not. And guess what the Raiders need? They need a number one wide receiver, bro. Oh man, you pair him with Hunter Renfro. And then you got, you got Darren Jones, Waller up the middle. Waller. I don't don't I don't worry about Zay. You don't Jones. like to go too far down the depth. No, track. no. Okay. Just give me Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and, and, and Devontae Adams. The, the Raiders, again, make the playoffs again next year and, and maybe do some noise. You're always worried about the stars. I get it. I get it's it. It's all about the stars. All right, so Rodgers is 38. Brady's 44. He turns 45 in August. Um, they had remarkable seasons. Can I tell you some rumors I, mean, I heard about him? Please. You know, being in Tampa, there was a lot of noise, a little swirling that this could be it for Tom. That, you know, I've never heard Tom talk about retirement before. And for it to happen in this game, there was a lot of saying, like, you know, Tom's just tired. It's, it's, you know, it's it's a lot. Well, he said that, listen, we, we've known for a while that Giselle has wanted him to retire. I mean, seven, seven Lombardis, I mean, like, Good Lord, I, nobody's ever going to win that many again. However, when you perform like Brady did, you lead the league in touchdowns and yards, 43 touchdown passes, and more yards than anybody else in the NFL, and you're just going to walk away. Like, him playing till, you know, 47, 40, it just sounded I, just crazy. Not so crazy He doesn't anymore. get hit, though. I know, not so crazy anymore. I why, think the Rams... Why, are, why would you... I look at it now where uh, essentially he's my so, age. So I'm going to tell, why? Why? tell you why he walks away. It's because it becomes, I think Ryan Clark said it best on ESPN. It's something we all have to deal with. Your desire to be a dad becomes more than your desire to be a football player, right? It Which takes, is understandable. It's takes, two fathers yeah, sitting here it in takes, this room. It takes I get a that. lot to be a football player. Like, I could have played four or five more years. I, I could have easily played. I'm, I'm watching dudes. I'm like, bro, I could do this. But it wasn't playing on Sunday that got me. It was everything that I had to do in the offseason. Like, people don't know, like, I don't know what Tom does. I only can tell you what I did. I would leave my family for months to go train because that's how I had to get focused. You go to Florida. I go to Florida. They stay in the Bay Area. I'm focused on what I got to do to be better. Um, and I would grind. Like, I'm working out eight hours, eight to ten hours a day. Like, I get up at 7 a.m. I'm starting at 7.30. I may not get done till 4 o'clock. Different things. Massages, Pilates in the evening, whatever I had to do to get my body to feel a certain way. I knew how, how I was supposed to feel. And the older I got, guess what? The longer it took, right? You get beat up at running back the longer. And I remember my last year, it took me right before training camp to get right. And I go into Oakland. I'm fresh. I look good. I'm tearing it up. I win the starting spot. And then week one, I was done because I'd worked so hard through training camp. You I had burned nothing, out. I burned out. I was, I had nothing. And I, so that year I'm like, man, like, I don't want to take time off, but I got to. I got like the rest of my body. My body's whooped. And then eventually came March. I was like, bro, there's no way that I can get myself back in to football shape. And not necessarily back into football shape, but get my body feeling like I can play another season um, by this point. I just, I just, I'm just, I'm, you know, your body only has so many times it could do those things. And at the same time, my son was playing soccer. I remember, I, I remember at the Raiders sprinting home to go to a soccer match. I never did that. Right. Right. So my, my want of being a dad and being there to support and watch started to weigh, started to be even with me wanting to be a football player. And once that happens, you're not all in. You got to get out before you get hurt. And I understand what Tom is saying. Like, it's not necessarily, it's just like, he, look, he's 40 some years old. You've been playing football probably 40 years. 
You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What about Aaron Rodgers replacing Brady? That could happen. That's another one that could happen. That would be crazy. That would happen. I can see that happening for sure. I can see them working on that right now. And that would be insane. Now, remember this though. But he only has one weapon. Godwin, probably going to be gone because they're not going to be able to pay him. AB, obviously gone. And so you got, you got Mike Evans and a couple of running backs and a couple of tight ends. So your same situation that you were in in, in Green Bay. Essentially. But it's a little bit warmer. Yeah, the weather's better. It's a little bit warm. <laughs> All right, let's talk about these games that are coming up this weekend. Can't wait. Quick break, though. want to tell you about Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Everything from Viore is made for peak performance in a workout environment, but it's styled for everyday life. Cool gear that allows you to look good and feel good, whether you're sweating, pounding away at that keyboard, or just bouncing around town. If you're not already on the Viore train, there's plenty of room, friends. Hop on right now. Whoop, whoop. All kinds of gear, keeping you warm in the winter. Or, of course, these staples that I love, the core shorts with the built-in liner, Sunday joggers for guys and gals, performance tees for both as well. It's all at vioriclothing.com slash helipod. That's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com slash helipod. We're giving you 20% off your first order today. Greens Plus, a leader since 1989, known for creating the first ever blended green superfood powder and the first company to infuse green superfoods into a bar. Bars, powders taste great. They're the most effective way to improve your immunity, detox your body, boost your energy, and get the nutritional insurance that your body needs from organic, gluten-free, premium green superfoods. Available at Whole Foods, Amazon, or greensplus.com with free shipping. I'm all in on the natural energy bars. Wild berry superfood powder, good stuff too. Uh, And that vanilla protein powder, something that you will find in our house seven days a week. Love it. Try it. 20% off with the promo code Helly, that's H-E-L-L-I-E. You get 20% off today. All right, back to it, MJD. You were perfect in the divisional round, bro. <clears throat> we went after it. 4-0. Uh, I was 2-2. Two and two. I tried to make a couple of picks uh, with my heart and go against the grain. Didn't work out. So on the season, um, I guess technically you could catch me because you're no, you can't. You're four no. back. You can't catch me. You're 59 and 45. I'm 63 and 41. Um, let's talk about the second game first, since that's the one that is nearest and dearest to your heart. 49ers. Talk about both of them. I at the Rams. Uh, the Rams favored by three and a half. Over, under, kind of low. Uh, 46, two very good defenses in this game. It's the second time in NFL history, only the second time, that these two teams have faced off in the playoffs, which was a surprise to me. This is well documented. Um, McVay 0-6 in the last three years 
against Kyle. Lost uh, both games this year, of course. The first game mm-hmm. in November, Stafford, you remember, picked off a couple of times. Rams went down 14 to nothing. They never recovered, losing 31 to 10 on the road. The second game was the final game of the regular season. Rams jump out to a 17 nothing lead, and they lost in overtime as the 49er fans just took over SoFi Stadium. No question. Um, let's just let's jump right in, man. Let's get your thoughts on this. Well, I, I think there's two ways you could look at it, right? Um, from the Niners side, you can say, hey, listen, you know, we have the Rams number. We've won. We beat them three years in a row. We swept them this year. Uh, Rams jumped out to a big league, and we still found a way to win in overtime. Um, which is good. I, 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 I truly believe this. Um, no one, like I told you, no one wanted to see the Niners if they made it to the playoffs. You were I, on this early. I told you that. You were right. I said it because it's just, I don't know what it is about them. They just, they're just a different team. It's tough to be. They, they just find ways to win. Um, and, and so that's what they did. But if you look from the short side of it, after that Week 18 matchup, the, the Rams have just played really well. The Rams have played really well. Both sides, all phases have played really well. Like, they started getting healthier. Uh, you bring Weddle back, which I thought was a, a key piece, not necessarily for his athletic prowess, but for his ability to think and make adjustments on the field and communicate. Um, Matthew Stafford hasn't thrown an interception, knock on wood. <laughs> He's played pretty much perfect. Um the first game against the Cardinals ever said he didn't throw the ball. Well, the second game he did throw the ball, right? Like he could do it. Like they, they're, they're starting to kind of get their mojo. Um, and so, and then on top of their, they've been playing without their left tackle, left tackle has been hurt. Right. So um, the Rams to me are playing really well. The Niners, when I break down their tape, um, I felt like they dominated the Cowboys. Uh, I felt like they allowed the Cowboys to come back into the game uh, because of a couple of mistakes from their quarterback. Um, they're banged up. You go into Green Bay. We saw the way Debo was coming out of Green Bay. He was banged up. Uh, Trent Williams was limping around. Kittle. It was a tough game to win up there. But they found a way to win. My only concern is this, Dan, with the Niners. And, and again, I'm picking the Rams, and I'll tell you why. Is that offensively, the Niners have been hamstrung throughout the playoffs. They won because of their defense. Right? You can't get to the to the red zone and kick field goals. You can't do that. You can't get to the red zone and turn the ball over. You can't do that. And that's what they've done the last couple of weeks. That's what allowed the Cowboys to come back in that first, in that wild card round, right? Because you were kicking field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. The Green Bay Packers, you were kicking field goals instead of scoring, scoring touchdowns, and it's because of a block punt that you're now in the championship game. You see what I'm saying? And so when I look at the way the two teams are playing right now, the Rams are just playing better football all around than I would say the San Francisco 49ers. And that's why I'm picking the Rams. Also, I work for them as well, so I was going to pick them anyways. <laughs> but that's where it comes down to, right? Okay, it's a, it's, and by the way, that's, that's a fair assessment. I mean, when you look at what San Fran has done uh, in the postseason, they're averaging about 16 points per game, while the Rams averaging 32 points per game. Obviously, a lot of that has to do with the opponents. This is one thing that I thought was interesting, because you hear it all the time, right? It's hard to beat... The same team three times in one season. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's easy. No, it's not. This is actually uh, the sixth time in the Super Bowl era that the championship game has been played between two divisional opponents and one of them swept the regular season series, right? 
three of the previous five occasions, the team that swept the regular season series won in the championship game. Mm -hmm. If you broaden the scope, right, to not just say championship game, but just say playoffs in general, when a team met in the playoffs for the third time and one of those swept the other team, 13 out of 20 times, the team that swept the regular season series wins. So it's not impossible to that win is, three times that in is, season. That's, whoever said that is trash because I'm going to tell you why. In Jacksonville, do you know why the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans have such a, a crazy matchup? Because the last time it happened in championship game history was Tennessee and Jacksonville back in, in 1999. Jacksonville. Jacksonville had beat – Jacksonville was 14-2 and two that year. You know the one team they lost to that whole year was the Tennessee Titans. They beat everybody. They select everyone. And what happened was the Titans came into Jacksonville. They beat them. They go to the Super Bowl. And Jeff Fisher says this. Jacksonville is just our second home. That's all it is. And that's what kind of started that rivalry. The, the rivalry up, yeah. right? And I think it's the same thing. And, and, and you have to go back to it where Kyle was the OC. We talked about this. He hired Matt LaFleur. And he hired Sean McVay to be his tight ends coach. Or however that went down. However it went. He was the OC, though. And the other two were position yes. coaches. And so he knows what you're trying to do, right? It's always like the, uh, one of my buddies who played for the Falcons under Kyle, he called him the sensei, right? It's like when the student tries to beat the teacher. And it's hard to think of Kyle that way because Kyle's still a relatively young guy. McVay's but 35, what is no, he, 33, 34? McVay's probably 34 now. But they do, you're 100% correct. They look up to Kyle. Kyle is the guy. Mike Shanahan doesn't get enough credit for putting that staff together. But Kyle was the one as the offensive coordinator who brought LaFleur with him from Houston. Because remember, Kyle yeah. was in Houston before that. McVay was came it? up from the Florida Tuskers of the UFL where he was working on this with Jay Gruden, who ironically he would work for later. But he came in as an offensive quality control coach and they moved him to tight ends coach when John Embry yes, went to Colorado yes. early in the season or maybe even in the preseason. And McVay was ready. So he was, a, he was a position coach in the NFL, like 24, 25 years old. Special. But anyway, knowing McVay like both you and I do, there is, it's not so much a rivalry. There's mad respect for Kyle. Well, you gotta and they get, know that you got to get your monkey off. Like, bro, it's, it's, it's like I, I broke this down for a radio station in uh, San Francisco. I said, you got to understand this. It's like playing your big brother, bro. That's exactly what You got to beat him. Yeah. You got to beat him, right? And you've beaten him before. Don't get me wrong. You've shellacked them before. But that first win, you know what that first win came off? And I've always told people this. I've always said this. Like, in the NFL, you can't give away victories. That first win came because the Rams had just made the playoffs. It was Sean's first year. It was his first year or second year they made the playoffs. And they didn't play their starters in that last game. They played all their backups. George Kittle. We were in the Coliseum. George Kittle went off. I said, oh, this is, I just don't have a good feeling about this. Because we're giving them hope. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You just slacked them at home. You got after them at home. Now you want to give them a little bit of hope. You know who their quarterback was? Uh, the first game they played was a dude that he's in uh, in New England now. Uh, he's a backup in New England. I was going to say C.J. Beathard, but no, no. Hoyer? It, Hoyer was the was the, was he started and we they started off with a pick. I, I forgot the, he was even in. San so, but this is what I'm. This is but, but like when you give hope, this is what happens. Right. This is what happens when you give hope, and so it's a lesson learned. But now you have to fight your way out of it. And it's, like I said, like I said, it's 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 the little giants thing, right? Remember the little giants? He was like, he was like, man, you. He goes, man, one time I raced my brother down the hill, and he didn't. Whatever the guy's name was, who was uh, Al Bundy, was like, like he said, he beat him down the hill, and they were like, only one time. He was like, oh my god, I jumped off the high dive, my brother. 
That's what this is now. You have to figure out a way to get your team to believe it only takes one time. We've been getting slack for three years. But it, one time, and the time is now. We get them at home. We get everything. We're playing really well. We know what they're going to do. They know what we're going to do. We can just go out there and do this. And we'll be. And that's what it comes down to. Well, you're picking the Rams, and I really, I really battled with this. Um, but I think that San Francisco defense is playing as well as they have all season. I'm going to go 49ers here. Okay. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be 26-23. Um, I, I had, like. I, I think I had it 32-20. Okay. Oh wow! So you have almost blowout. Oh ten, no, no! I mean ten point, ten point victory. I, I just think Jimmy G is the is, is Jimmy. You can't run the ball. You can't throw the ball eight times in, in this in this NFC championship. In what math class at UCLA is thirty two twenty? I, I mean, it, it, I'm just saying it's ish. a ten a ten point ish. It was twelve points. It's, okay. it's by ten, All right. right? All right. Uh, I by the way, I think a difference maker is going to be Eric Armstead. Uh, he, one, he's one dominating. Of, one of the real good guys in football. They moved him inside like Which they week should've. eight. And he's teamed up with DJ Jones, and they've been like awesome. Maybe the best run stopping duo in terms of interior defensive linemen in the NFL. And he's been getting after the quarterback, too. Had a couple of sacks mm-hmm. last week. He sacked, he sacked Stafford a couple times. Yeah, I think he's going to be a difference maker. All right, so you're going your Rams. I'm going 49ers. You'll be calling the game. I'm actually going to the game with some buddies. Oh, enjoy. Silas. I, I, I can't wait Matt, till I can go to Matt. a game with some buddies fun. and hang, have a good time. Yeah, dude, it's been a minute. It's going to be, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Last time I went to a game at SoFi was when the Titans were there this year. They were, yeah. Titans were nice well, I don't want to you to little, go. Why, why not? Because <laughs> we lost that game. <laughs> I know. Well, you're going to lose this one too. Yeah, right. All right, AFC Championship game, Bengals and Chiefs. Chiefs favored by seven at Ooh. home. Of, of course, this game's in Arrowhead. Over-under significantly higher than uh, the predicted score in the uh, NFC Championship game, 54-and-a-half. Don't have to go back far to uh, remember what happened when these two teams met. Bengals beat Kansas City Week 17, came back from a two-touchdown deficit in that game three different times to snap an eight-game Kansas City winning streak. In that game, the Bengals were three-and-a-half-point underdogs uh, at home. I believe that game was in uh, Cincinnati. It was in Cincinnati. And so this is seven points. So we, as we've talked about many times here, you get a three-point bump for being at home. So essentially they're looking at th- these two teams almost the same as they were in week 17, right? You just have that, that home I, field yeah, adjustment. I wouldn't, I, I'm a, so I'm going to be honest with you. I wouldn't look at it like that. Why? Um, I Listen, um, how can I say this? Just say it however you want to say it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make it so it – like, they scored 42 points against – weren't the Bills' defense the number one defense in football? Yeah. They scored 42 points against them. That was an unbelievable game. Holy they scored shit. 42 points against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who were one of the top defenses in football. Yep. Without running the ball. Yep. Okay? Bengals scored, the Bengals scored 47 against New England in the wild card round. No, that's the Bills defense. did that. The Bills did that. No, the Bengals against New England. No, oh, the Bills. So, oh, that was weak. That was uh, yeah. No, that was the wild card round. No, the Bills played New England the wild card round. Dan, the Bengals played the Raiders. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm the Bengals the beat the Raiders. I think it was like twenty three to sixteen or something. You're correct, and that is an that is an error in the uh, stat pack that I'm looking at. Oh right uh, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, you're right. I got that it. That's why I don't look at stat packs. <laughs> that's why it's all up here in the top of the dome. And this is what I'm trying to tell you. Okay, go. Whatever happened between week 18 and that wild card round, 
whatever happened between the Denver Broncos win and that practice, mm-hmm. something clicked for them. Because or really, do you know what? Let me stop lying. Excuse me. Let me stop. Okay. You know when it clicked for them? When TJ Watt scored that touchdown and slid in the end zone. That's when the that's when the the Chiefs scored 35 unanswered points and they found their mojo. And that is an issue. And no disrespect to Joe Burrow, no disrespect to Jamar Chase, because I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be very similar to what the Bills did. I think it's going to be very similar to that, because the Chiefs' defense, is not they're, not they're not really that good right now. Tyron Matthew, by the way, we're taping this on Wednesday. He should play. He's yeah, I think he's still protocol. in concussion protocol, but, like, yeah, there's, there's – to, to find a way. Yeah, I can't see him sitting but, but, this one out. But even with all that, right – you got to remember, the Chiefs were winning that game in Cincinnati by, it was like 28-7 to 7 or something. Mm-hmm. And, and they only scored three points in the, uh, in the second half, and the Bengals scored, or no, excuse me, it wasn't, at halftime it was 28-14, I think. And um, the Bengals ran off in the second half and made some plays. They, you know, and they did some really good things. Um, I just, no one, like. You're, you're not, you're not. I mean, you like the Bengals. You're just not buying them here. Oh, I love the Bengals. I told you the Bengals are one of the top teams there. I just this is not this is just not their time. Do you think it's going to be? Do you think it's going to be closer than the seven point spread? Chiefs are oh, favored by I don't seven. Know. I don't know what it's going to be. I just know it's going to be a high scoring game. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when it's grim, you be the grim reaper. Okay. <laughs> he scored. He's got him in field goal position in 13 seconds. Now, granted, he had timeouts. Don't get me wrong, but still. They moved the ball literally 40 yards in 13 seconds. Yeah. I love I loved the comps, too. And I don't know that it's necessarily fair to the it's Cowboys. It's not fair to the Cowboys because the Cowboys didn't have timeouts. It was different. It was different. Did you see the video, by the way, of Kelsey first talking to Tyreek, saying, hey, come behind me, and then, hey, Bro, the seam's going to be open? I tell people this all the time. First of all, people think because you're a football player, you're not smart. That's not true. Kelsey had to know. He knew what defense they were going to run. In practice, you go over these scenarios, right? right. In practice, you go over these things. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you a couple years back. It might have been like three or four years back when the Chiefs played the Cowboys. And they ran that same play to Tyreek Hill at the end of the half. Alex Smith threw the ball to him. So it might have been three or four years. And he caught that thing, and he took it to the house at the end of the half. Scored. They were just trying to get in the field goal range. He outran everybody to go. I knew they were going to do that play first. That's a good starting play. Because all it is is just a screen. They're backed off 20 yards. You let him go 10, you throw, you got two guys in front, you run as fast as you can, you get down, timeout, right? He's mm-hmm. obviously, arguably, if not the fastest player in football, one of the fastest He's players the fastest in football, player right? In football. So there you go. Then, then you go with Kelsey, and you know they're playing zone because that's what, we just talked about it. Coaches are who they are. Sean McDermott is a cover two guy. Leslie Frazier is a cover two guy. That's what they do. So you know they're going to play off and outside because they don't want you to catch the ball and go out of bounds. Yeah, they were protecting so all you got to do is run a seam, understanding that you have a timeout. So I could do whatever I want. I could work the middle of the field. I said that to my homie watching it. I was like, bro, you can work the middle of the field. You got a timeout. You're good. Do whatever you want. You just got to get down within how many ever seconds. Easy throw, boom, pitch, catch, boom, timeout. Right? And let's remember this. Their kicker missed the field goal going into halftime. Mm-hmm. So that still was a tough thing for and he made it, right? But this is the kicker to me, Dan. And this is where this is where I, I, I said this is why I picked the Chiefs early in the year and I picked the Rams early in the year. 
<clears throat> Matthew Stafford leads the NFL in fourth quarter comebacks, right? Fourth quarter overtime wins. He, like, quarterback comeback wins or something. He's over the course the, of his career. Over the course of his career, he's won the one. What happened against Tampa Bay? What did he have to do with, with, with 42 seconds left? Yeah, he's, he's actually played much better than I anticipated okay. in the postseason. Guess who is up on that list, too? Old Mahone boy. He does it, too, in crucial situations. Yeah. And this is the thing. When they won the toss and everyone complains about the coin toss, no. You had the number one defense in football. Why do you need a chance on offense? You feel me? Like, you had your chance to stop him. You don't buy the baseball analogy that no, you go into extra buy, innings and both no, teams don't have don't, a chance to hit? I don't buy that because it's not supposed to be fair. You, your fair chance is you're on defense first. In college, right, when they do college overtime, mm-hmm. what, what is the – instead of taking the ball, what do teams normally do? Well, because they know they're going to get a shot at So you pick defense. Right. You, you got a chance. If you stop them, you get a chance to get the ball down and score right away. Right. Your defense had to do their job. They didn't. I don't buy that. And so, for me, the way he went down the field in overtime – and we haven't even talked about the Bengals. I mean, they gave up nine sacks to the Tennessee Titans. And he's still Joe Burrow, still did his thing. Those receivers are crazy. Joe Mixon is playing really well. But I just don't know if it's enough, man. Like, like I smoked a cigar before the, the, the Rams game saying the Rams by 50. And I did that because I, I believe in Joe Burrow. And I still believe in Joe Burrow. I think the AFC is going to be really, really good for the next 10 to 15 years. It is kind of crazy play. because people are talking about this Mahomes and Allen rivalry being like Brady and Peyton and you may have to throw Joe Burrow in that mix. I mean, he's legit. I love that. Kid. Joe Burrow's serious and what they're doing down there is really good and you don't hear about it. Well, you talk about the pieces, right? You talk about, oh, Rogers doesn't have the pieces. He has the pieces in Cincinnati right now. Right now. With Higgins and Boyd and Chase. I think I've said this on every podcast for the last three weeks, but, and then Mixon and Burrow, a 4,000-yard passer, a 1,000-yard rusher, and 3,000-yard receivers, or 2,000-yard 2,000 receivers. I don't yard. know if Boyd got under the, age, under the age of 25, it's the first time that's yeah. ever happened in NFL history. Um, but is it enough? It's not enough. It's not enough to win in Did you Kansas see what Tyreek Hill did? Yes. What did he do? He, he, he caught the ball and blew past three dudes and then gave him the freaking peace sign. The, I, and Jamar did you Chase, see that? Jamar Chase did that. Okay, I'm going to tell you why that's so, so crazy. Jamar Chase did that, and the the Chiefs were running a zone coverage, right? So he caught some guys, and he was able to go. Right. Tyreek did that in two-man. That literally, that play is not supposed to happen in two-man. The corner is inside leverage, so you run an in-breaking route, the corner is in there. Mahomes threw it where only Tyreek could get it, right past the corner. Then once he caught it, it was off to the races. I, I don't know who it was behind him, if it was Hardman or if it was another receiver. They put his hands up. He yeah, put his hands over. up when he was at like the, the 40 or the 30. It, it was, was over. Bro. Like, that is, it's too much. And, and that's where, and, 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 I, and, I, and I'll end it with this, Dan. I remember, and this is why I always pick the Rams Chiefs almost every year I picked them this. I remember calling the game at the Coliseum mm-hmm. when it was Mahomes versus Jared Goff and the Rams won. And it was like the craziest Monday oh, I was night there. game ever. I was right? at that game. Yeah. It was insane, right? It was wild. They combined for like nine, like 90 uh, points. It was, like, it was like 40 to 50. Yeah. It was 45 to 52 or something crazy. It was a Monday night game. It was a Monday night game. Yeah. That is why I believe, and this is what Jared Goff, that's why I believe that Rams Chiefs Super Bowl is there. Because they can score points. Like you just said, the Rams average how many points in the playoffs? 32? 32. How, much the, how many did the Chiefs average? 
They're averaging 42. Let's look. Yeah. It's um, like 45 or something. Something crazy. Almost 50. It has to be almost 50 because it was 47 to 42. So that's what? That's 89 points? I mean, there's just not a better, there's just not a better offense in football when they're clicking. They are have they've scored 42 and 42. There you go. They're averaging 42. The Rams are averaging 32. Yeah. That's yeah. the difference. And that's what I that's why I say like that's why I picked the Chiefs. I just can't like I as much as I love Zach Taylor, my home, my old college, my old college and high school teammate Brian Callahan, who's been interviewed for head coaching jobs, I love them. I love Coach Duffner, their linebackers coach. He was with me in Jacksonville. I love them dudes, but sometimes it's just too much. All right, so you're uh, you're hoping that I'm not hoping. I'm telling you. You're telling me that your preseason prediction is of Rams and again. Kansas City is going to come true again. And I will say, I, I have to commend you. You have been saying for the past two, maybe two and a half months that the Bengals and the 49ers were the two teams you did not want to face in the playoffs. And now, and now, they could keep your Super Bowl prediction from coming true, my friend. That's not going to happen. Well, we will see. Good luck on the call on Sunday. Thank you. I will be there. I may not be sober. So I hope I don't see you. You shouldn't be sober. (laughs) I'll be on the sidelines. But it'll be fun. All right, man. We'll see you then. All right.